the government is resuming negotiations to pass legislation before the budget in May. One of the independent senators central to this is David Pocock, who has some reservations with policies like the safeguard mechanism. He joins me now. Welcome back to Breakfast. Morning, Patricia. You've been pushing heavily for the government to take stronger climate action. One of the most important tools is the safeguards mechanism. Will you support the government's legislation as it stands? This is a huge piece of policy, a lot of moving parts. We need this sort of legislation, but we have to ensure that it does what it is designed to do, which is to reduce emissions. And as it currently stands, I have a number of issues with its design and have been working through you know, the Senate committee process. I've held a couple of roundtables and I'm having discussions with the government about those, those issues. Okay. So as it stands, what changes do you need to, for them to get your vote? Well, as it, as it stands, we will join Kazakhstan as the only two countries in the world that l- allow 100% of emissions to be offset using carbon credits. We are allowing uh, heavy industries and and things like coal and gas to offset their emissions in the land sector. I think there needs to be uh, some some limits on that to ensure that we're actually incentivising on-site abatement, that people are avoiding emissions rather than just offsetting them. There are a range of other issues that have been raised. The, The price cap is also fairly unique in that if we hit the $75 price cap and the government doesn't hold any more accuse these carbon credit unit mm. units, then the Commonwealth is on the hook for whatever the difference is in price between $75 and the, the price of, of carbon. So there's I think there's a lot to get through. Uh, having some really good discussions with, with government, it's an important piece of uh, policy. I'm not approaching this with red lines. I want to make sure that this policy is as good as it can be and that it will deliver the reductions that we need. The Energy Minister could bypass the Senate process and issue the mechanism scheme's final rules via ministerial regulation rather than negotiate with you and the Greens. What did you make of that idea? Uh, he could. It, it, it would mean that we don't have these safeguard mechanism credits, which companies and facilities will earn for reducing their emissions on site. They can then trade those, uh, what they're calling SMCs, with other companies. That's clearly not, uh, I don't think, is a great way to go about it. This is something that we should get right. And, And one of the big concerns with this policy is that we're lumping together whole bunch of industries that we desperately need and we know are going to be industries of the future, steel, aluminium, cement, we're lumping them together with fossil fuels, which we know aren't the future. And we're we're designing it in a way in that those steel, aluminium and cement are going to have to be competing with potentially new fossil fuel projects, new gas projects that are going to want to offset their emissions. So there's, you know, there's no acknowledgement of that. And you know, I, th- I think while in, in, in principle this is something that we need, we've got to get it right. And, uh, you know, so, so far I think there's been some really good faith discussions about this and that'll obviously you know, continue this week. Mm. New modelling by Reputex commissioned by the Climate Council shows new coal and gas projects could quickly eat up the emissions mm-hmm. budget years ahead of time. 
Is that a concern? And will you push the government to ban new coal and gas to achieve the mechanisms targets as the Greens are doing? <laughs> This, this is a huge issue. You know, people may have heard of Reputex because the 43% that the government uh, took to the election was based off Reputex modelling. They've now shown that there is a risk that new entrants, new coal and gas projects will mean that all these other uh, facilities in the safeguard are going to have to decrease their emissions by up to 8.9%. And we know that there isn't technology good to go for some of some of those industries that, that I mentioned earlier, I think particularly cement. So, you know, they're going to potentially be forced offshore so that we can have more gas to export. That doesn't make sense to me. Again, I'm not approaching this with red lines, but for this to make sense, we need a really sensible way to deal with these new entrants that, you know, I think there's a very strong argument that we, we don't need, are not good for the climate, with you know, balancing that with the industries that we desperately do need. Over the last week, a political war has erupted over superannuation changes and you've called for further conversations around tax policy with the cost of living crisis hitting the government debt uh, and, you know, there's debt at record highs, right? I just spoke to Tony Burke and he, he says while there's public support for this one policy, he didn't sound to me like he was particularly um, clamouring for broader reform. <laughs> unless you heard it differently. Uh, what, what do you make of that? Is the government um, failing to seize an opportunity? Well, it's, it's, it's no surprise that, you know, the, they are um, concerned about talking about anything else because at a, at a time where the budget is so tight, they're trying to repair a deficit. And you've also got millions of Australians doing it doing it so tough as we've we've heard all these figures around housing around the number of people trying to access frontline services just to get by a fairly modest change to superannuation for people who have millions of dollars in super to give them a 30% tax rate which is still a concession like let's let's be honest that's still a concession that has turned into this massive storm so you know, when you want to start actually dealing with some of the root causes of the housing crisis and look at things like, uh, you know, the capital gains discount or negative gearing, like, you know, good luck. The major parties simply don't seem to want to have a sensible debate. My sense talking to people here in the ACT, and I think particularly with young people, we've got to start talking about these things and not just talking about them, but putting in changes that ensure that the budget can work harder for the people that need the support, not people who've somehow managed to tuck away $3 million in super. So is this the moment to reconsider stage three tax cuts in your view? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think they have to be revisited. At a time where, you know, we get told that raising job seeker for people who are who desperately need that support, who are living in, in, in poverty, one in six children growing up in poverty at the moment, we're told, well, we need to be really careful about li lifting the rate of job seeker because that could be inflationary. Yet the $250 billion of tax cuts for 
most of that's going to the you know the wealthier Australians are somehow exempt from being inflationary and in that in that conversation I, ju- I just don't get it you know if we're wanting to deal with bracket creep for for people at the lower end there's there's better ways of doing that than the straight the stage three tax cuts and do you agree with the greens for that three million dollar account threshold in the superannuation policy to be lowered down to 1.9 million dollars do you think that's a better way of doing it <laughs> Yeah, as it stands, I'm broadly supportive of these reforms to make super fairer and, and more sustainable. I'll be waiting to see details from the government. There's been you know, a bunch of modelling done through that whole range. We see the whole conversation about indexation has has now come up. So yeah, I'm 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 open to to having having a look. I've seen some good modelling around the two million dollar mark, but. Yeah, we'll wait and see. I've, I've requested a, a briefing from Treasury to get across their thinking and, and some of the details. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Patricia. That's Independent Senator David Pocock. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.